Amen. Amen. Appreciate that. It's good to see all of you. It's interesting to watch the attendance is attendance is slowly building. God is doing some pretty neat things. I was standing back there in the back and just watching people come in and trying to find a spot. Uh, it, it's good. It's good to have space issues. It's good to have even even in the middle of COVID and all that's going on. God is still being glorified, and uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you coming and continuing to pray and. And I do. Uh, what I said earlier, I want, you to, I want you to be inviting. I want you to be talking. I want you to be out there in this world telling those around you what God is doing. I mean, God is doing an amazing work in this time. and Not just in our church, but in churches all over where God's people come together. When God's people come together and get excited about Him and get excited about what He's doing, there's, there's really no telling what He I want, us to, I want us to begin this morning by praying for our country. I want to pray for uh, those in charge, those that have authority over us that God has put there in this place for such a time as this. Let's, let's all stand this morning. I want to invite you to stand with me as we go to the throne of God on behalf of our uh, leaders kings and all those scripture. This is biblical. This is in the center of God's will. This is God's heart. It's to pray for those that he puts in authority. And let's go now and let's pray for, for, for a good transition this week. Let's pray that things will just work out and that he would be glorified. Let's go to the Lord now. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we are able to gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ, your sons and daughters who have assembled themselves together today here on this hill under one name, and that is the name of Jesus, the head of the church. He is our hope, He is our Savior, He is our Lord, our Redeemer. God, without your obedience, Jesus, without you having completed and finished your task of coming and dying on a sinner's cross for us, how hopeless, how far, far off we would still be. Jesus, you came and you died and you was buried and you rose again and because you have life, Lord, we have life. and We have an ability to pray. You tell us to pray, God. We pray in faith. We pray in faith right now for those who are in authority over our land. We pray, God, for those who you have put there, God, for such a time as this. And here we are, Lord, we are obediently praying for them. God, we do pray for our country this week as as a transition of power takes place. God, we get to see it. Lord, we pray for a peaceful transition. We pray, God, that that everything would go in accordance to your perfect will, God, that, that your spirit would, would just move amongst our country, Lord, and whatever, whatever evil is trying to do, we pray in Jesus' name that you would just squash it, God, that you would make it go far away, that you would stop Satan in his tracks. Satan, you have no authority in Jesus' name. We pray, God, for those. We pray for President Trump. We pray for newly elected President Biden, God, we lift both of those men, their families, their vice presidents, Lord, all their cabinets, God, as they transition from one group to the other, Lord, as we pray that all of it would go well. God, we pray that you would be glorified in all of this. And Lord, no matter what takes place, we, as for me in my house, as for us in this house, we're going to be found doing what your word tells us to do. We can't help what happens, what others choose, God, we choose to stand in the gap for those leaders. We choose to stand in the gap for our country. We choose to stand in the gap, God, for your word, for your truth, for what's right. And 
God will give you praise. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. I appreciate that. And y'all continue to pray as you, as you go throughout this week. Look at that question. Big, I like that question mark. What are you doing with yours? I'm going to let that sink in for just a moment. What are you doing with yours? You know, uh, that, that's, that's the title. That's the jumping part. That's the transition. That's where we go from, from where we are to where we're about to be. What are you doing with yours? Where's your spirit taking you right now? Think about it. Because you don't know the text. You don't even know where my heart is because this could chase a hundred rabbits a lot of different directions this morning. What are you doing with yours? Go with me over to Matthew chapter 24 and 25. I'm not reading it all, but this is the context. Jesus is coming soon. Every pastor you've ever had, every pastor we've ever known has said it. Why? Because he says, behold, I come quickly. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I'm going to come back to receive you unto myself, that where I am there you will be also. He said he's going and he's coming back. I want us to read several verses in chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. It's not where we're going to stay, but it's setting the framework of where we're going to. And, and we are going to ask ourselves the question, what are we doing with ours? What are you doing with yours this morning? What are you doing with yours tomorrow? What are you doing with yours this week? What have you been doing with yours? What are you going to do the rest of your life with yours? Beginning in verse 1, it says, Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to the point, out to the temple building, uh, up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen and what will be a sign of your coming and of the end of the age? I hear Christians, you see it on Facebook, you hear Christians all the time. I, I get in personal conversations with, do you think we're living in the end days? Do you think this is it? Are we the terminal generation? I don't know a generation that did not feel as if they were the terminal we're the terminal generation. We all are. Why? Because Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. He tells us, be ready. I'm coming quickly. He tells us, he tells us, he tells us. And we're still waiting. We see the times. We see what he's about to read. What he's about to say. Look at verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. I can, be, I can remember as a kid hearing that verse quoted. There will be wars and rumors of wars. You remember that? Heard it all my life. Senior adults, you've heard it all your life. Why? Because it's biblical. It's scriptural. We're told to read the signs, Jesus says. He says, for you'll be hearing wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for these things must take place but that is not yet the end for nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes but all these things are merely the beginnings of birth pangs how long has this earth church been in these birth pangs since Jesus left it's, long, it's, it's waiting it's, it's waiting it's Messiah's 
return. Look at verse 9. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. The context of chapter 24 and chapter 25 of the book of Matthew is end times. It's it's preparation. It's readiness. It's awaiting. Jesus has said, look I'm going to come back. You're going to hear wars and rumors of war. There will be famines and earthquakes in various and sundry places. Men are going to be hating one another. They're going to be turning one another over. He says, but look, endure. Put up with it. Stand firm in it. Continue to look for me. Look over. Look down at verse 42. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day the Lord is coming. Ready, church. Be in readiness. Look at verse 44. For this reason you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour when you do not think He will. Go back up. Go back up to verse 36. Let's build the context even more. These are parables. Jesus is teaching parables. But I'm drawing to the parables. Look at verse 36. Six, but of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. How interesting, how interesting to think that an all-knowing, omniscient, all-knowing God, I'm, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, knows everything except when He's coming back. The Father's going to look over at the Son one of these days and say, go get Him. You've heard that preached forever. Why do preachers continue to preach that? Because these pages have yet to be torn out of our book. and We continue to see wars and rumors of wars. We continue to hear famines and earthquakes and various and sundry places. We continue to see men turn against men. We continue to read about and hear of all the believers who are being slaughtered and not turning away. Not rejecting their faith, but continuing in their faith steadfast. Why do they do that? Because he says, endure to the end. Look at what life will be like. It says, nor the sun. Back up to 36. But of that no one knows, not the sun, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up till the day that Noah entered the ark. Life was going on as if nothing would ever change. It's kind of the people had gotten into, they've sort of lulled themselves into a system. They had sort of lulled themselves into a day in and day out and day in and day out. And remember why the flood came? Because every thought of man's heart was evil continuously. And it was in that moment that God sent the flood. 
And they did not, verse 39, they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken away. One will be left. Two will be grinding in the mill. One will be taken. One will be left. We've heard that. We've heard that. We've heard that. Verse 44, for this reason you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour when you do not think he will be. Look at chapter 25. We're going through the, there's parables here. That Jesus is using parables. I'm pulling truths out of a parables. Look at verse 13 of chapter 25. It says, be on the alert then for you do not know the day nor the hour. That's the context. Of the morning. We don't know the day nor the hour. But Jesus is coming. Question mark. What are you doing with yours? What do you mean what are you doing with yours? What are you talking about preacher? Jesus is coming. I get it. What am, what am I doing with my family? What am I, what am I doing with my money? What am I doing with my, what am I doing with my skill set? What, what, what are you talking about? What, what are you doing with your free time? What are you doing with your, your time you've been allotted? What are you doing with your, your days? What, what are you talking about? That's the context. That's the backdrop of verse 14. Listen. Honestly, it doesn't need a lot of commentary. It doesn't need a lot of preacher ad-libbing and adding to. It just takes listening to. For it's just like the coming of the Lord Jesus and the readiness and the preparation that we, His bride, His church must be. The Bible says it's, it's just like a man about to go on a journey who called his two slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. Think about what Jesus did. Jesus came to this earth and he entrusted the gospel with us. He says, look, I've got to go back. I've, I've got to go to the Father. But by me going to the Father, really it's good news because I'm going to send you a helper. And that helper is going to come. He's going to bring back to remembrance all things that I've taught you. And you'll be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And we know that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and they were empowered and, and God did amazing things. And from that day, here we sit. God has entrusted us with things just like the parables. Trusted them with possessions. Notice verse 15. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, to another one one. And notice these, this little bitty, this little one, two, three, four, five, six words. Each according to his own ability. Talents. I, I've heard this sermon preached in such a way that it's all about money. But the context, the reason I spent... The last 10 minutes, letting you see the context, it has really nothing to do with money. We think about talents, and we think about talents in the, in the, in the context of the day. We, it's like, a, it's like a, an enormous amount of money. Lots and lots of money. We see the guy, he goes to the bank, and he, he puts it in the bank, and another one does something, the other one bears it. We know the context, but it's not so much, don't get caught up in money. 
any sermon. You think about the question mark, what are you doing with yours? It's not a... Let me say this, it's not just a money sermon. What are you doing with yours? Verse 15, he says, this is what he did. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more talents. What are you doing with yours, church? But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. He hid. Didn't use it, didn't reproduce it, didn't multiply it, he hid it. Now, after a long time, remember a parable is a picture, is a word story teaching a very important biblical principle. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back soon. He's coming back really soon. How are you going to be found? Be ready, be ready, be ready for, the re- for this reason. You must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think He will. Therefore, be on the alert For you do not know which day your Lord is coming. Be on the alert then. For you do not know the day nor the hour. Be ready. Be on the alert. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. What are you doing with yours in the meantime? One got five and went and invested it. Did something with it. Went to the bank. Did something and got five more. The other one did the same thing with two. And the one with one did. He hid it. Now you've got to remember, each one according to his own ability. Everybody got something. Everybody gets something. Some people get a lot and some people get a little, but everybody gets something. Be on the alert, be ready. We don't know when he's coming back. But what are you doing with yours? Now after a long time, verse 19, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received. Listen to this, church. There's so many different things it could be. There's so many different things it can be. Talents. Sort of a general, numerical, monetary description. But in 2021, we don't have talents like he's talking about large amounts of money. But we have things have abilities, have families, have resources, have talents, skill sets. And this principle, this teaching, this parable says after he'd been gone a long time, he come back 
to settle the accounts, the one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. And notice what his master says. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful. Listen, let the Spirit inside of you open your heart and hear what the Spirit of God is saying through His Word. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your Master. Everybody receives something. Based on his own ability. And here comes the master back from his journey. And the master judges what is given to him. And the first guy hears, well done my good and faithful slave. You were faithful in a little. I'm going to give you a lot now. Let's look at what happens to the second one. You know the story. Also, verse 22, also the one who had received two talents. It's not a conversation of he had more than me. He's got a lot and I've got a little. That's not in question here. At the judgment, it, there's, there's no, the one with two, the one with one, the one with five. There is no conversation, period, that exists in Scripture. Oh, look over there. He had a bunch. What about him? No. The question is, what? Questions: What are you doing with yours? Who cares what the guy with five did with his? We see his reward. He was faithful with his, and he heard, "Well done, my good." Look at number two. Also, the one who had received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done. Here's those words. Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful once again. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Whether you had five talents or whether you had two talents or whether you have a hundred talents or whether you have one talent. Everybody gets a talent based on his ability. What are you doing with your talent? What are you going to hear? Verse 24, and the one, who, the one also who had received one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed, and I was afraid, I was afraid of the judgment. I was afraid and went away and listened, church, and I hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what's yours. 
But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. Everybody got something based on his ability. Everybody. There's, there's no... I want you to hear that very important point. Everybody got something. So, so what we learn from that is there's no... Nobody gets a pass. Master's returning one of these days, and everybody's going to have to stand up one of these days and say, Hey, here's what I did with what you gave me. Here's what I did with it. I used it for your glory. I used it for your kingdom. I used it to the nth of my ability. God, I ran well. Here. That's what happened with the one with five. That's what happened to the one with the two. One with the one says, Look, I hid it. Go ahead. But his master answered and said, You wicked, you lazy. You knew that I weep where I did not sow. And I gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given and he will have an abundance. But from The one who does not have, even what he does have, shall be taken away. You ever heard, and I've used this, you ever heard, would you, have you ever heard this little line, use it or lose it? Use it or lose it? Use it or lose it? Where do you get that? For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he who he will have an abundance, but for the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into outer darkness, into that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Everybody has gifts. Everybody has talents. Everybody has something. Everybody has. Okay, let's play the game. Everybody do this. Ready? Go. Now blow out. Do it again. Again. Okay, did you, did you have one of those? Let's do it again. Some of you ain't even playing a game. Let's do it again. Go. You got breath in your lungs? You know what that means? You got something. You got an ability. You got a talent. You got something that's been entrusted to you by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He has entrusted you with something. What are you doing with yours? Because here's the thing. It's different. It's different. It's based on your ability. You know, there's people over here that can do... There's people that stand up here that can do things that people that sit down there can't do. That people out there sit down there that people up here just can't do. And there's people that can't do what I do, but you do what you do way better than I could ever even work the rest of my life and get to even where you're at now. Because it's not what I do. But what are you doing with yours? Because one of these days we're going to be judged on it. One of these days God's going to come. God's going to come and He's going to judge us. What are you doing with your talent? 
What are you doing for the kingdom? What are you doing for his glory? What are you doing for his namesake? What are you going to be able to say when he comes say, Here, master, you gave me this and I gave it back. I, I, I worked. You know what happens so often if we're not careful? I've always, I heard it as a very young Christian. But as a very young Christian, I looked at church through a very different set of glasses than I do now. As a very young Christian, I heard, you know, inside of a church is a great place for people to go and hide. And I didn't understand what that meant. You can come in, you can sit, and you can hide. And not do anything. And miss. What are you doing with yours? Preacher, what are you talking about? Nothing. Nothing at all. I'm just wasting, waiting on it. It's 9.52. i got eight more minutes and he'll be up in probably four. He'll sing you on out of here. He'll pray. He'll give you some announcements and you can get on off to lunch. You'll be fine. Have a great afternoon. Nothing. I'm, I'm not talking about nothing. Just wasting a morning. Because I don't know what yours is, but you've got to answer that question. I, I can't. I, I I can't, I can start over here, and I look, I, I don't know what God's given you, but He's given each and every one of us around the room something to do for His glory, something to do for His kingdom. Some of us got five, some of us got two, some of us got one, but everybody got something. What are you doing with yours? You see what happens. The ones that were faithful with a little, God gave them more. The ones that were faithful in the little things, God blessed them in more things. The ones that took what God gave them and just, just used it for His glory, God blesses and He gave them more. And then there was that one, He hid it, He, he, he hid it, and, and God took even what He had. He, he hid it, He wasted it, he, and He lost it. He didn't use it, so He lost it. it. It's gone, it, you don't have it no more. What was the sermon about? I don't know. He just rambled on about talents. I never understood what he was talking about. He never explained what a talent was. It was just, what did you have for lunch? Oh, it was great. What are you doing with yours? Because here's the deal. You don't have to answer to me. We don't answer to no man. But we will have to answer. What are we doing with ours? What are we doing with what we've been entrusted with? Everybody got something. There's no person that doesn't get something. And here's the thing. Just because you don't have what he or she has doesn't mean you go, well, remember, there's so many different rabbits I could chase, but I'm not. What are you doing with yours? Don't, don't hide. Don't hide it. Don't hide it. Don't. He's going, he, he, he's, there's a reckoning. Be ready, be on the alert, be ready. He's coming. 
Holy Spirit of God. Deal with your children. Deal with your sons and your daughters. And deal with me. God, you've blessed us in so many ways. God, you've given us, you've given us ability. You've given us health. You've given us resources. You've given us talents to, to sing, to teach, to talk, to run, to serve, to, to build, to, to do so many things. Whether it's teaching or counting or, or putting numbers together and whatnots together or selling or going and loving and serving. Whatever. God, we've been given stuff. What are we doing for your kingdom and for your glory? I pray, God, that we're not wasting it, that we're not hiding it. God forbid Lord, if we've hit it up until January the 17th of 2021, I pray that today you shake us in your spirit, of Holy Spirit of God. You shake us to the core in such a way. And you convict us in such a way that we cannot sleep on our contentment, on our laziness. On our fear. Fear of what? Because one of these days you're going to come back and you're going to ask, Hey, what would you do with what I gave you? Those that have much, much is required. Here we stand in the freest country on the face of the earth with more resources than anybody else. More talents, more gifts, more freedoms, more Lord, find us running well. Find us running well. In Jesus' name, amen.